Welcome to While You Were Streaming, Yellow Jackets Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Fiona. That's right. We're recording a podcast on Yellow Jackets, starting with the pilot. And it is a spoilery podcast because we do not give a fuck. Uh, right. And also, it's a lot more interesting to talk about this show if we can talk about everything that happens in the next two seasons going forward. So. It's kind of like a rewatch type situation, right? Yeah. Like we're rewatching sure. the show. We've seen the whole thing. Yeah. And we have things to say. That's right. We know what happens. We know who's going to get eaten. And <laughs> we so... know who's going to get eaten and who's not going <laughs> to get least, eaten. Right. At least up to the end of season two. So. Exactly. This is post season two. It's only like, uh, has it even been like a month since season two ended? I think it actually, I think it has been about it's, a month. It's probably been about a month. Yeah. Everyone has recovered. Uh, yeah, for the most part. The discourse has died down. Thank God. Thank God, yeah. And um, we're expecting like maybe 10 people at most to listen to this. So thank you if you are. Yeah, send us fan mail, by the way. <laughs> All of the fan mail. That's right. Add us on Twitter. Add us if on you're Twitter. To this, you probably do personally know us on Twitter because we probably told you to listen to it. So you know how to get to us exactly all right so we're going episode by episode and starting with the pilot obviously i would hope right directed um, by karen kusama yes very important jennifer's body fame of so jennifer's important. body fame very Amazing. notable very important iconic she directs this episode and also the controversial finale of season two controversial in some quarters I'd say it's pretty controversial. We'll yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to like, that eventually. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about this episode as a whole? Is it a good pilot? Yeah, I love it. I, I really like this episode. Although it's funny because I, I know we were talking about this the other night, but I do forget that like how far it actually goes. It's kind of like you don't actually see the plane crash in this episode. Uh, the most you see is like, the plane wreck like there's a there's a wide shot where you see the plane wrecked on the ground but like you don't see the plane crash so it's almost kind of abstract in a way a weird way like but yeah no I really like this episode it's always good when I rewatch it you know that the plane is gonna crash but then it doesn't crash in the first episode and you're like what you're like, like okay where's the rest of it uh, yeah for real I definitely think that one and two episode one and two are kind of like a two-parter type of thing for sure. Yeah. Even though episode gonna... one is technically a pilot. Yeah, I think I originally watched them both together. I uh, think my, that might be the case for me too. I definitely watched from the beginning, but I think I saw the first yeah. two together. I'm also kind of surprised that they, that they didn't actually like air together, but that's another thing. That, yeah, I mean, it was filmed be... It was filmed like a pilot. They filmed it before everything else. They yeah. filmed it in like 2019, I think. Yeah, that's also kind of interesting. And I mean, it's interesting to see what characters actually do show up. I was surprised actually quite a lot of characters show up because it could have been the kind of thing where, oh, they filmed a pilot and then random people dropped out. But like, I mean, pretty much everybody kind of shows up in the pilot. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Well, like Mari and Akila are in the pilot, which is, I right. mean, maybe not that notable, but I was like, oh, like I always kind of think of them as like side characters. Yeah. Same with like maybe. Laura Lee, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe. Laura Lee. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I don't think she was, you know, at the risk of upsetting the Laura Lee fans. I don't think she was ever like a major character, but also right. 
I will say that in my mind, if I don't know that somebody survives, I kind of like, at least when I first started watching this show, I kind of like wrote them off as dead. It's like in my mind, like if you're not, basically if you weren't Shauna, Thaisa, Natalie, or Misty, like I assumed that you were dead. And that also goes for Lottie and Van too. So like when I first watched season one, I kind of just assumed, oh, they're all side characters, basically everybody who doesn't show up kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, and then, the show wants you to think that, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, you know, they really got me at the end of season one, and they were like, who the fuck is Lottie Matthews? And I was like, oh shit, oh my god, I had no fucking idea. Same, same. Yeah, they got my ass with that. They got my ass too, and Lottie was like one of my favorite characters at that point too, so I was I was hyped. You were like, fuck yeah. I was really losing my shit for a second, yeah. not gonna lie. So it is interesting to go back and like knowing as we do now, who are who ends up actually being a major character to watch all of their scenes, Lottie specifically, but also Van. Like Van actually has some decent moments in the pilot, considering that they apparently wanted to kill her off like 12 times in the first season. Right. I believe um, the first time she was supposed to die would have been in the plane crash. So she wouldn't yeah. have made it past the pilot, really. That's right. Yeah, I think I... I read or heard somewhere that Laura Lee was also considered to be killed off in the plague crash as well. Good for her. Laura Lee made it one more plane crash. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry, terrible. I definitely always forget that the show literally opens with like the pit girl scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like that's the first thing that we see and I do think that's really interesting because I think, I don't know, when I'm looking back at it, the way I think about it is like, okay, so everybody, I feel like pit girl conversations usually revolve around like, who is she? And personally, I don't actually think that that matters that much. I mean, I agree. I assume it's it's going to be answered at some point, right? But like the fact that the show literally opens on this scene, I do think it's important in a way because it's like, to me, the way that I think about it. So we have two timelines. We have 1996 and then we have 2021. And so Pit Girl is basically telling us like, okay, this is where we're going in the 1996 timeline. And this is where they're coming from in the 2021 timeline. So it it really like sets the tone for the show. Like, okay, it's going to get really dark. And then also when you see these like middle-aged women going about their normal lives, this is the history that they have is this fucked up weird ritual in the woods where they're I mean right falling into a spike pit and then they eat her so yeah I I agree like when I first watched the show I was like you know trying to figure out who pit girl was and I think they try to like tease you and be like oh like your husband's thinking Jackie because of the necklace and then Jackie dies and then it's like well it can't be Shauna or Lottie and then like the options start narrowing down and then post season Uh two I'm really just like it doesn't matter who Pit Girl is. Yeah. It's just going to be a random side character anyway. Right. So yeah. that's not really the point. The point is that they got there, not who it is. Yeah, exactly. Especially as you go on in season two and you think you see things like the progression of things like, oh, they're eating Jackie. You know, next they're like hunting somebody, you know, then they're eating the person that they hunt, et cetera, et cetera. Like you're like, OK, so I see we're, we're on a progression, a path towards a girl running through the forest into a spike pit. Right. Definitely post-season two, I'm like, oh yeah, I see this. And then the same thing goes for like the clothes that they're wearing. It's like, okay, now after watching the season two finale, they had to make their clothes, the cabin version. Yeah. Yeah. They only, they ran out with like a small amount of clothing and everything else is like, yeah, then they're going to have to start making furs and stuff. 
I don't know. It kind of does make me, this is a little bit off topic, but it makes me think about like, I assume at some point they're going to like dig the spike pits, maybe like to trap animals first. Because so if you watch, I shouldn't talk about this. I should talk about this in the season two finale episode. But if you watch the season two finale, one of the things that they grab from the cabin is bullets. And I assume they're going to run out of those at some point. And then they're going to have to start digging spike pits. Uh, maybe yeah. to hunt animals. Maybe because I don't I, know. I, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was wondering, like, I was watching. It doesn't really matter, but I was also like, how the fuck did they get her out of the spike pit? Thinking about the yeah. logistics of that, like, how are yeah, you getting her out? I guess maybe they had a rope or something, but yeah. still, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because they were dragging her feet along the ground or something, right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they got it figured out. Whatever. <laughs> so my other assumption about Pit Girl is that it's not necessarily like the so we know this now like we know that they've already had a hunt by the end of season two but like my assumption for a while now has been like obviously this is not the first person that they hunt and kill right right they have a system they have a whole system yeah they that's the other thing about that scene, the pit girl scene that you see throughout the pilot is it's very systematic and it's like very ritualized, you know, and we see them start to build up to rituals in season two, but they've still got I mean, go, they've sure. got, you know, they've got until a whole, next winter. Yeah, we've got to get to next winter. So although I was thinking about like the timeline and it, if it's happening the next winter, does that mean that this is shortly before they get rescued? I think the assumption um, that people have is that the people that we see in the scene, because people are always like, oh, there's eight people in the scene. So that means that there's eight survivors or whatever. I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think there could be seven. We know of seven now right. at this point. Or there could be more than eight, too. There could be, because yeah. there's always a possibility they split into different groups. Exactly. I just feel like when I first watched the show, like everybody was like, oh, it's going to be dark. Because there was another show, The Wilds, which I know you didn't watch, but I watched it. And everybody was saying like, oh, it's like The Wilds, but it's like way darker. So I was like, okay, whatever. Let me see how dark this is. And then I watched the first scene and I was like, oh shit, actually, this is really dark. (laughs) Like you just get it from the first scene. I remember I was talking to somebody and they were saying, yeah, I tried to watch it, but it was too dark for me. I, I watched the first episode and it was too dark for me. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I think if the first episode is too dark for you, that's just stop right there. Just stop right there. Do not pass go. Exactly. Do not collect $200. Like, yeah. That's the good thing about it is it's like, it sets the tone in the first episode. And if you're not into it, then you're not into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Everybody has their limits. If you're not like (laughs) a a sick weirdo who's like, yeah, I want to find out (laughs) what's the deal with the cannibalism. Right. I don't care if these women have eaten people. I still like them. I mean, yeah, that's the whole show. Exactly. We like these women who eat people. We love them and we know that they ate people and we do not give a fuck. Exactly. They did what they had to do. That's our perspective on the show. I will note that's not everybody's, but you know, if you don't, if you don't, I mean, in my opinion, I don't really think those people should be watching the show, but you know, whatever. I do think you definitely miss something like a major point of the show if you can't like empathize with the adult yellow jack. Like I kind of right. wonder like why you're watching. Yeah, they're anti-heroes, me, you know? Yeah. But, and like the whole point of the show is and the thing that makes it kind of different from something like I'm assuming the wilds or like Lord of the Flies or God, I don't know, Lost or whatever is that it's not just here's all this gruesome stuff that happened. It's also like here's them trying to survive and move past it in adulthood or really not moving past it 
is actually generally what they do, but still. Like, exactly. Or here's how they are, they are not moving past it. Yeah. Right. Here's exactly how they're very bad at moving past it. I think that to me, that's like, that's why I watch is because, you know, I think that, yeah, I don't know where, where I'm going with that. But yeah, yeah, the characters are compelling. You know, that's why I watch too. Right. I care about characters over everything else. So absolutely. I think a lot of people who watch the show care more about like plot and theories and stuff like that, which is totally cool. Yeah. But that's just not my thing. So agreed. Not my thing either. I mean, right. I'm interested in the plot. Well, yeah, obviously bad, the plot but... has to be good for it to be a yeah. good show. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I would put emphasis on the characters. And I think the characters in Yellow Jackets are like so fucking interesting. So They're, interesting. Like, so, so strange and so weird, like so layered. And having the two timelines really, it kind of doubles that almost. Like everybody who's in the adult timeline and the teen timeline is like, there's so much more interesting almost because there's we have two very different points in their lives and we get to contrast them. Okay, so... There's this whole thing with, like, Jessica Roberts, the reporter. The show kind of opens up with her interviewing all these people. And, again, like, when you first watch the show, you don't realize that, like, these are people that we know. Like, Randy's there and Allie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Randy Walsh being, like, a long-running joke on the show. It is, it's really funny. And especially, like, the the joke that they keep repeatedly bringing up every season about Shauna, like, absolutely not ever wanting to sleep with him. Poor Shauna. She keeps getting accused of like wanting to fuck Randy Walsh. And she's just... Yeah, I didn't realize that that happens like multiple times. Yeah, in both seasons too. And in both timelines. Yeah, exactly. It's oh hilarious actually. Very consistent um, thing about right? the show. That's a parallel, okay? <laughs> That's a parallel, Emily. Somebody's it's, gonna make a gift set or like a, a fan can. No, I'm it's kidding. like an artistic parallel for real. Well, that's right. It's the show does have a lot of artistic parallels. I don't know if I would count that one, but it, I mean, I guess it does kind of <laughs> count. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh, I I noticed this, and it it doesn't actually have any meaning, but I thought it was really funny that the, technically the first person who says a line of dialogue on the show is actually Allie, which I think is really hilarious. She's iconic. She's, she cracks me up. She's so funny. She is hilarious, especially in the season finale for this season. Right. What I think is really funny is the fact that she, like, develops this really strong New Jersey accent (laughs) that she didn't have when she was a teenager. Yeah, you know, she, well, she stayed in New Jersey, clearly. She's, like, the enemy of New Jersey. She was obviously (laughs) never going to get on that plane and leave that state, so. I saw someone say it was a trauma response. (laughs) becoming intensely new jersey i mean yeah. so yeah i guess we'll talk about the alley breaking her leg scene later but she she's kind of important in a way sort of yeah it's definitely interesting to think about when you she is important to the plot she's important for taisa's character i'd say yeah definitely i think so um, i have a lot more to say on that i definitely I quite a few notes on that so um we've got some soccer playing which is like really the only time we see them play soccer in the show and I kind of was just like really paying attention to like I was like oh soccer crazy that the show about a girl's soccer team like we never actually see them play soccer so I was like really into it I was like oh what's going on and I noticed that like Thaisa's like amazing she's like so fucking good at soccer she's the star of the team I think the coach says that at one point. Yeah, like, he does. Taisa, he actually doesn't finish the sentence, but I wanted to hear it. What does you he know have to what say about been, her? I, I played soccer for a really short period of time, and I don't really remember <laughs> a lot of it, but I know that Taisa's good. 
Okay, what what position did you play? I don't know. I just played like I don't remember. I just played like recreational. Okay. Like you okay. know, my dad was the coach, and all of the girls on the team were kind of like assholes because they all were like <laughs> they were all really serious about it, and I just like wanted to have fun. So basically, yellow jacket, right? But they're on a school soccer okay. team. Mine was like recreational, so I don't yeah. know. So I played soccer when I was twelve years old, and I was a goalie. Oh, that, that is so me. people. That's amazing. I love it. People always have opinions about goalies. On this show, Van is the goalie, and I I love that. Van is um, the best. That we have that in common. Exactly. I agree. So I just wanted to bring that up. I think Van being the goalie is so fitting. Yeah. It really fits her character. I just like love seeing them play soccer, and then they're all like celebrating because they won, and they're all like cute and happy. And yeah, they're happy. It's yeah. it's Yellow Jackets happy moments. Thirty second edit. <laughs> Like they have and maybe like most five of it is in this episode. In the pilot, yeah, right. It's mo- almost <laughs> entirely in this episode, and that one time that they dance in the cabin. Oh god, but that cabin is super fucked up. So I don't think a lot of good, not a lot of good things happen in there. My girlies. Oh, we got a snatching pumpkin seedle drop. Nineties. We did. No we theme did. song yet. Also. I noticed that. Oh, yeah. The theme song, I I think it shows up in like the third. Yeah, I think it's episode episode three. Yeah, which is so strange to me. It's like, it's such a characteristic part of the show. I just feel like there's something a little, it's missing, you know? Yeah, I remember they have some, they just put like the title card up with like, you know, a needle drop instead, which is like still Uh good. But then it's like when you get to the episode where the theme song comes on, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like instantly like, oh, iconic. Where the hell was this all the time? The right. whole time, yeah, yeah. I guess we can talk about the theme song more in the actual the episode <laughs> where it actually comes it up. Appears. I was like, I was gonna say something about it, but yeah, I'll say more about that when it's relevant. All right, we have the scene. We have the scene of uh, Jeff and Jackie doing stuff. I wouldn't say having. They're not really having sex. I guess I don't know. They're doing teen. They're stuff. definitely not having sex by whatever Jackie's definition of sex is, because she's like, "Yeah, I'm totally a virgin." She, right. She's very convinced that she's a virgin in spite of whatever they're she's doing with Jeff. So she's um, also very obviously faking yeah. it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the thing that the thing that stands out about that scene is like Jackie truly does not give a fuck about Jeff. Every Jeff and Jackie scene, every time Jackie mentions Jeff, she just reiterates the fact that she does not give a fuck about him. She doesn't like him. They break up like five million times. Like, okay. He's just like a guy to her. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who he is. He's yeah. just like a guy, right? Yeah. It could be anyone. And yeah. also like it's adding funny to think about like Jeff becoming actually a major character in the show after this. I know. <laughs> I, certainly when I watched the pilot, I did not think, oh yeah, he's gonna actually become a real character. Who's, yeah, like, me either. Yeah. I mean, adult Jeff isn't even in the pilot, I realized. No, he isn't. And also like young Jeff looks nothing like adult Jeff. But Agreed. I assume that's probably a fact of them, I don't know, maybe like the fact that they filmed the pilot you know like yeah because i ago, believe kind of it was a different actor in season two when we saw him briefly so yeah they recast it like a more blonde yeah jeff i mean he looked more similar than this one did yeah. it's not too hard but yeah right. definitely i think it was like speaking of the show being dark the the immediate cut of jeff being like it's my turn to like jackie brushing her teeth oh my god i was like <laughs> gross yeah you were you being a lesbian you were like oh that's dark i mean jackie was really grossed out by it too clearly yeah 
She did not enjoy herself. Nope. Immediate brushing teeth. Yeah, I'm so no, sorry. I'm definitely... so sorry, Jackie. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. And then we have uh, Jeff sneaking out of Jackie's house and like Shauna seeing him in the car. Yeah. She's picking up Shauna's Jackie. staring ominously. Right. So is it, I guess I probably should have paid more attention, but is it is it basically implied that she's already cheated on Jackie with Jeff before I don't, this? I don't know if that is necessarily is implied, like, but they make, okay. like, Jeff and Shauna make some eye contact and you're like, what's Yeah, because it's kind of ambiguous, I feel like, but there's definitely something that she's thinking about there. And I don't know, maybe it's just Shauna has that, like, intense, like, Catholic guilt on her face all the time. So... <laughs> yeah but yeah speaking of shauna adult shauna this is something that i forgot about and i feel like we all just chose to block it out of our memories but shauna is masturbating on her daughter's (laughs) bed (laughs) to a picture of her boyfriend to a picture of kyle of of callie's boyfriend her daughter's boyfriend (laughs) yeah Yeah. like what the fuck is this and after we have this conversation, I'm going to block it out of my mind again. So. Me too. I don't even have anything to say about it. I'm just like, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it just emphasizes her intensely bored housewife nature. I don't know. If you really want to get into it, you could be like, oh, like, you know, arrested development. Like, they're still teenagers. So I'm sure yeah. that they have, they're, they're still teenagers deep down. So I guess point. it makes sense that she would like sexually be like in a teenage state, but it's still that really fucking like, weird. That she's like stuck on that or something. Right. That she's just like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know why they included it. I think the point of it was supposed to be like Shauna's a bored housewife, but I don't understand yeah. why it had to be in her daughter's room. Uh, just to tell you, oh, she's fucked up. I guess maybe. so. I mean, Shauna, like, Shauna sure is winning for most fucked up competition. Just she on this sure episode. is. Yeah. Did you say just in this episode? I mean, if we're only going off of this episode so far, she's the most fucked up. I oh, think sure. in yeah. general. I think that's uh, fair. Yeah. You'd have to think <laughs> I about mean, it also, more. In general, also, probably. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that's right. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> This is a spoiler cast. I think Shauna's pretty fucked up. I mean, I love her, but a lot of the stuff that we see in this is basically in this particular episode with adult Shauna is very much like she's going through her board housewife routine, right? Like she's doing the laundry. She's watching Jeopardy. Watching Jeopardy. I loved that. Yeah. (laughs) And then she sees an ad with Tyson and she's like, oh shit, she wasn't supposed to be in the public eye. So... Yeah, I I do think that a lot of what she's doing is just going through the motions of her board housewife life. And the scene where Jackie and Shauna are in the car and Jackie's talking about like, oh, if I lose my virginity to Jeff, we'll be linked forever or whatever. Okay, so I think that I would relate that to Shauna going through, through her board housewife routine. Like, we don't know this yet when we originally watched the pilot, right? But I think Shauna basically is like taking over what she thinks Jackie's life. She basically takes over what Jackie's life would have been, aka she marries Jeff and she becomes a bored housewife, right? Yeah. So in a weird way, like Shauna and Jeff actually are linked together forever by having sex with each other. That's where I was going with that. Wow, that's deep. It is. And right? Shauna definitely didn't want that no, initially. No. Initially. But a lot of it was like, you know, I mean, it was driven by that guilt of, okay, well, I do think 
we can talk about it more when it happens, but I do think Shauna feels a lot of guilt for what happens to Jackie. But yeah, so that's that's what I was thinking about when I rewatched that scene. I mean, she essentially lives her whole life because she feels guilty about Jackie, so. Yeah, exactly. And she's repeatedly, like, literally haunted by Jackie throughout this first season, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second season, too. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty constant. (laughs) So Jessica Roberts, like, confronts Shauna to, like, try to get her to talk. Basically, she's, like, trying to, like, get her, and and Shauna's just, like, refusing to speak. And then Shauna says, like, Jessica, like, think she like got Shauna because she's like oh like you have been talking to them haven't you and Shauna says that she hadn't spoken to any of them in years and I was just like thinking about how much of a like obviously she's lying but like also I think maybe she's only talking to Thaisa like it seems like she kind of only talks to Thaisa and even then like doesn't really that often yeah there's a line later in the episode where it kind of implies that they basically haven't had much contact with the others except i mean we know that obviously Thais and natalie talk right Thais has been paying for her re- rehab right but yeah i do get the sense from this episode that they basically aren't really talking to the others at all if they've made any you know effort to keep in contact i don't know where yeah I'm it kind of seems like Thaisa checks in on natalie and then shauna talks to Thaisa, and that's like kind of it yeah. Like, those are the lines of communication. Right. Thais is her favorite. Right. <laughs> well, Aww. Thais is all up in her face because she's running for state senate. So. Yeah, fair. <laughs> she's actually kind of mad at her later in the episode. Right. And then we see Natalie in rehab, and she's, like, meditating. And she's also wearing purple, uh-huh. which I wonder how she's intentional. She's wearing purple. Yeah, I, I wonder how intentional I that is. I feel like maybe, like, they, I don't know. I go back and forth on certain things. Like, I'm like, they could not possibly have actually planned that out. But the fact right. that they did make it full circle, I do think is pretty impressive. It's so specific, like the fact though. That she's wearing purple when we first see her and then she dies. Like, is that what? That's got to be, right. I don't know. Part of me is like, they definitely could have planned it out, but did they also yeah. have it so specifically planned that they knew that it was going to be purple that the cult was going to be right. purple and like right exactly i was i was i think that too because then i'm like well did they know that lottie was going to be dying clothes with fucking heliotrope when they were filming the pilot i think right. maybe not but the fact that they were able to bring that back around is it's kind of impressive how yeah. they did that I do think that, like, Natalie's, like, meditating, and the way that she's acting in rehab, honestly, when I was watching this episode, I was like, okay, honestly, I buy her being so, like, indoctrinated into the cult so easily. Yeah. She seems like she really was, like, kind of thriving in rehab, in a way, from the little that we saw. So I understand how she, like, the cult is kind of a rehab, in a way. Like, it makes sense to me that Natalie would, like, fall back into that. I mean, I also think it's good. She seems to do well with group support, I guess, is what I would say. And I think if you look at her arc uh, in the teen timeline, she starts out as very much an outsider. And then she becomes the leader, essentially. And she's not upset about that, really. It It's like she finally feels accepted at the end of season mm-hmm. two when we see her in the teen timeline. Like, okay, she's finally accepted. She's no longer an outsider. So I, I do think she actually survived like thrives when she's accepted and like you know on the inside of an in-group kind of thing Mm -hmm. so at rehab she says that she felt like she lost her purpose when she returned from the wilderness so right i mean now we know that like her purpose was that she was in charge (laughs) 
right? right exactly and i always thought like oh her purpose is you know because she's a hunter right, right. she's the hunter of the group well that yeah i mean that was part of it but <laughs> there's there's definitely more to that that we found out in season two that was a good that was a good little uh i guess seed that was planted for sure i'm assuming they had the plan to kill natalie you know from the beginning yeah I'm not what sure about the timing so? of it. I don't know if they plan to do it uh, in season two necessarily, but yeah, it does make sense that they did plan to kill her off eventually. Yeah, there are definitely quite a few things that sort of foreshadow that. I think in season one and in season, definitely in season two, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you would hope in season two, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. <laughs> You're right, right. But yeah, but also I think in season one. Um, yeah. Especially when yeah. you go back and watch it now, you notice. Whereas, like mm-hmm. before, I wouldn't have noticed. So. Oh, there are definitely things in this in this very episode that yep. I would not have noticed uh, mm-hmm. until I saw up to the very end of season two. So, yep. I also just wanted to say that, like, I personally am probably the closest to like Natalie in high school. It's so interesting that she's like a burnout, but she's also like a athlete. Like, wow, she's just so versatile. Yeah, but like I would be yeah. one of her friends that she was hanging out with. Like that was yeah. me in high school. You would be Kevin Tan, is what you're right. Telling me. Except I wouldn't grow okay. up to be a cop. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no, you would be cooler than Kevin Tan. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of interesting. The fact that she's like a soccer player and also basically it's implied that she already like has alcohol or some kind of substance abuse issues right. at this point because Taisa calls her a wino. <laughs> Taisa's so fucking mean to Natalie in this episode. I noticed that. She's so judgmental towards her, yeah, which is really funny considering that she's also, like, paying for her rehab and shit. Right. Um, I mean, this was as a teenager, but yeah. Right. No, clearly adult Taisa cares about her, but yeah, it's really funny, actually, how mean she is. She's, like, so mean. It makes me wonder if, like, Natalie plays soccer because she's good at it or, like, because she likes it. Like, I wonder... Or maybe, like, the drugs and stuff came after the soccer stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain extent, we do actually see her doing LSD in this episode, so. I would imagine her friends. family so life, you know, yeah, contributed to that. I, yeah, her family life is very, very dark, mm-hmm. so. And then we have that whole scene where they're singing Shoop in the locker room, which literally makes me want to cry when I watch it now. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just that's, like, oh. That's part, of the, that's part of the Yellow Jackets 30 Seconds Happy Moments <laughs> compilation video. Oh, it's so beautiful. It makes me it sad. Is. It's really cute. I love it. But then I'm like, wow, they're never going to be like this again. <laughs> it's so sad. I hope they enjoy it now. And then you've got Allie in the bathroom kind of being <laughs> mean to Van. Yeah. This episode is peak Allie. Yeah, why is she being so I don't know. homophobic to Van, actually? <laughs> She's like, Van, I, mean, I know what you are, and I don't approve. Right? You're a loser. Van's like, she basically calls yeah, her a loser. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, you didn't get asked. And Van's like, okay, you can get the fuck out of here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love how they're just, like, all kind of, like, like no one takes Allie seriously. Like, she's just, like, this annoying, like, freshman yeah it's like whining about homecoming and they're just like okay yeah the fact that you see her as an annoying freshman and then you see her in adulthood as this ridiculous character who like basically attaches herself to the identity of being a yellow jacket even though they broke her leg <laughs> to keep her off the team is so funny to me Alice honestly like, i understand i feel like i truly understand her i have no questions about her whatsoever i'm just like i get it 
I get who Allie is. I also always forget that Jeff is on the flop baseball team. I don't know if I even realized that until he, you just There's, said like, that. this whole thing where, like, they're making fun of the boys' baseball team because, like, the town yeah. is so proud of them, but they suck. Uh-huh. And then they're, like, at the pep rally and, like, no one cares. And Jeff is definitely standing there with them. Oh, shit. I, I, I think maybe Randy, too. That's hilarious. Because I, I do, I did notice it was, like, Jackie was, like, I don't know, talking shit about the baseball team that sucked or whatever. And the principal is, like, oh, boys, you tried. <laughs> <laughs> At the pep rally. I love (laughs) that, like, the star team is, like, the girls' soccer team. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. We love it. That's so great. Also, the pep rally, I think, is the first time we see Misty in the pilot. It is. Um, And that's kind of interesting because she's, like, she's really not prominent. She's just kind of hanging around the edges. Um, Yeah. I mean, she's not on the team, which is, frankly, really interesting. I don't believe equipment manager of a high school soccer team is a real thing, but apparently it is. I don't think it is either. (laughs) (laughs) I almost think that Misty would create that, though. Like, she'd be like, I don't care if you guys don't need an equipment manager. I'm going to do it. Yeah, she would suck at tryouts and she'd be like, well, I want to be on the team anyways. And right. so she she would annoy the shit out of Ben until he's like, okay, fine, Misty, you can be the equipment manager. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Go away. <laughs> I'm gay. Stop crushing on me. <laughs> I'm thinking um, about my boyfriend. Leave me alone. We also see we also see Ben in, in this pilot, and there's one scene where he's framed like the the way that the the camera work is framed is like one of the girls is blocking his right leg, and it's oh my god, yeah. <laughs> also, when he was like take a knee, oh yeah, exactly, and you're like oh oh that's funny. I mean, he does lose his leg like in the next episode, so of course they knew that, but yeah. right, all right, some little foreshadowing there. I see uh, you. Yeah. Then we have Shada watching Jeopardy, which I love. It was like a funny, like, knockoff Jeopardy. Yeah. But she calls Linda a dumb bitch. Yeah. Iconic. (laughs) That's like, my family and I really like to watch Jeopardy, and we always have commentary on the contestants like that, so. Nice. Okay. So you were Natalie in high school, but you're kind of like Shauna as a board housewife. I mean, I think I- about Jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, really, I'm probably a combination of all of them, in a way. I have okay. layers, you know. Yeah, you contain multitudes, just like exactly. Walt said. Thaisa's commercial is so funny because one of her campaign slogans is, I want to lead New Jersey out of the wilderness. <laughs> That's, that is really funny. Like, and then she's the like fuck? shocked that people associate her with cannibalism. Like, girl, come on. That's really funny. <laughs> Maybe, That's hilarious. Maybe maybe New Jersey is just a metaphor for the Yellow Jackets, you know. Wow. I wanna I wanna lead them see deep, deep thoughts. I wanna lead them out of the wilderness, you know? It's true. You know, I yeah, mean I, if I, we I, could only lead New Jersey out of the wilderness, a lot of our problems would be solved. <laughs> That's right. None of this would have happened, okay? <laughs> the New Jersey references are pretty funny for me. I have a I have a friend who uh is from New Jersey. My friend is actually also a lesbian lawyer, and <laughs> she went to Rutgers. And, oh my god! Uh, so wow, is she Jackie always dreamed of? I mean, does your friend watch Yellow Jackets? She sure does because I told her to. She has to. It's like a given. 
Uh-huh. I know. I, that's why I told her to watch it. It's funny, though, because she doesn't always watch TV consistently. And I don't even remember when I told her to watch it. But then, like, months later, she came back and she was like, oh, I watched Yellow Jackets, by the way. And I was like, oh, I was all casual about it because, you know, I'm very <laughs> casual about the show. That's, where I, that's why I'm recording a podcast on it. And I was like, oh, what did you think? I can be normal. Right. Like how you act like you don't really care that much when you're talking about stuff with normal people. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We got adult Ty for introduction. You know, the, the queer Kamala, as they say. Queer Kamala, yeah. <laughs> so fucking cringe. Um, and I just like really, I love Simone. And I was watching the scene and I was like, oh, I miss them. I miss Taisa and yeah. Simone. But I also know that like, you know, they shouldn't be together probably, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do like them in this scene. And I like them at the beginning of the season when they're like happy and they have a cute family and stuff. So I, you know, I do enjoy that. And I do miss that, that happy normalcy. I mean, like at this point in the story, you don't understand that Tice has got a lot going on. A lot. (laughs) Uh, That she has not shared with Simone. So like, right. Yeah. But yeah, they're really cute right now. Like, and there's not really any hints like, oh, other than maybe like teen Taisa breaking Allie's leg but there's not really any hints yeah. that there's like something something underneath that like we do start to get that throughout season one where that where like we get hints that like okay Tice is clearly hiding something something's going on like but yeah they're super cute in the scene I agree we gotta enjoy it while it lasts that's right Simone is valid it turns into lesbian divorce fail wife territory <laughs> uh and that's all Tice's fault it's, it's all Tice's fault okay we love okay. Simone we love her yes we love Tice too but we love Simone Simone is like the purest best character in the show yeah, she really has she done has nothing wrong. Never done Before anything wrong. I feel bad for her because it's like, oh yeah, you have no fucking clue what you got into. Oh yeah, that poor woman. Uh, right. She better. I don't think they'll kill her off, but she better still be alive come season three. No, yeah, I I really hope that they don't because I mean I think it would be a lot juicier if she just wakes up from a coma. It's like here's the divorce papers. Oh, yeah, I need to see. I need to see like a messy ass lesbian divorce like don't take that from yellow jackets right exactly let's not like fridge simone let's not do that no we don't need to do that we only fridge men on this show exactly exactly (laughs) we only fridge adam and travis and whatever all right period so so now we have um we're back in 96 taisa's plan she's telling the girls about her plan we don't really know what she's going to do, but she basically, you know, is like, Allie is bad. She's bringing us down. We got to get her off the team. And Natalie is disagreeing with her. Lottie is like also pretty much disagreeing with her. And Shauna is kind of siding with her. I feel like this yeah. scene says a lot about all of their characters to know like it really does. their opinions. I thought it was really interesting that Shauna is basically like, she doesn't really object to whatever uh, yeah it's proposing and i don't think that ty was like oh i'm gonna go fucking break her leg like i don't think that she was that was an accident she wasn't planning on breaking her leg no way yeah based on her reactions later in the episode but it's definitely interesting that like shauna specifically sides with her because i feel like shauna and taisa are like well so they have a little argument later in the episode but like for the most part they do become like really good close friends and they don't ever really they're very supportive of each other and they don't ever really like uh question each other or like yeah well i think I that know. they they might disagree but they understand right. and like respect each yes. other's points oh, of for view sure. yeah it's also yeah. interesting that like 
Shauna's like, oh, like she's like, just so you know, Jackie is not going to approve of this. So you could also read yeah. into like, maybe, maybe Shauna wants to like rebel against Jackie or whatever. So she's just yeah. like, yeah, let's go with it, Ty, sure. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. That's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch how the Shauna and Thaisa friendship develops. I think there's a, a point where Jackie like actively gets jealous about it, too, in season one. Oh, I yeah. I was kind of very happily surprised that the Shauna and Thaisa friendship was so prominent in this episode, like from the get go, made me very happy. That's like one of my favorite relationships on the show. So yeah, I agree. I really love their, we'll call it a friendship, although question mark. Just their relationship. I mean, (laughs) they have a relationship. That is true. A friendship is a type of relationship. Yeah, no, I, I really like the relationship between them. And yeah, it is actually pretty prominent in this episode. It's kind of, when you watch this the first time, I don't think you would necessarily think like, oh, they're, well, yeah, I don't know if you'd necessarily think like, oh, they're going to be like super best friends in the wilderness or whatever. No. Based on this episode. So I do think that that develops a lot throughout season one. But yeah, it's definitely there. It's interesting because, you know, Jackie is Shauna's best friend. So, I mean, Thaisa isn't really in that spot yet. No. But, yeah, and that's a very defined spot. And then um, Thaisa breaks Allie's leg. This was another moment where I was like, wow, the show is dark. Like, I cannot watch that scene. I cannot look at her bone sticking out. It is so fucking it's gross. It's really gross. Oh, yeah. it's awful. It looks so <laughs> painful. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... So, like, the way that the show uses gore is kind of interesting, though. It's not, like, it's constant, but, like, when it happens, it is really gross and it's like really impactful it's on purpose Um, for sure absolutely and it's very shocking it's like oh that's that is fucking sick and so it kind of like i mean in that scene certainly you know you don't know really what tice is gonna do i certainly don't think she intended to break her leg but it really makes you like go whoa what the fuck yeah i mean Taisa was like, I mean, she she initially had a different plan. I think she said they were going to like freeze her out or something, but that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And then so then Taisa was being like really hard on her yeah. and then accidentally broke her leg. And then, of course, yeah. it's like a disaster. And then the energy in that locker room afterward. Oof. Horrible. Me to feel sorry for Allie. Yeah. <laughs> By horrendously breaking her leg. She had to have um, major surgeries on that leg. Yeah, for sure. What was I going to say? Yeah. So in that scene, what did I write down? Jackie is really horrified. I noticed that. She's like super horrified. Like she doesn't like, even like, know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. She like freezes up. Everybody else is like kind of running towards her. So you could read into that because this is like the first moment of like violence that we see really on the show. And I mean, Jackie is the one who is the most horrified by it. And everybody else kind of runs towards her to help her. Of course, Missy tries to (laughs) fucking wrap her leg up. Like, girl, the fucking bone is sticking out, Misty. (laughs) As Um, Natalie said, you could see her fucking bones, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, that's an ominous line. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, considering that uh, Natalie takes Jackie's bones to the plane in the next season. God. Anyways, That's we'll see Jackie's bones for sure. <laughs> we sure will. Jesus Christ. I do think that's interesting what, what you show. said about um, Jackie being horrified, though, because it does kind of uh-huh. give you a little glimpse of what she's like when they're stranded in the wilderness, because she's yeah. not built for that. She's not no, built for she's that. No, she's absolutely... No, she's not built for it. She's not built for any of the violence, any of that stuff. Like, she can't deal with it. She can't handle it. 
I feel like it was pretty obvious from the start that like, maybe not from the start, but like pretty obvious for quite some time in the first season that like Jackie is going to die. Like she is, she's clearly not going to make it. I mean, there's, they have like a memorial brunch with the Taylors in like episode oh, five yeah. or something. They, so. they basically tell you that she's yeah, dead. Yeah. So it's still, it's like, I do think that they strongly foreshadow it. So it is interesting. There's that, that conversation in this episode between Coach Martinez and Jackie, and he's like, oh, you have influence. That's what makes you, that's why I made you the captain, because you have influence. And then, of course, you know, Jackie's whole arc is going to be immediately losing that influence almost the minute they get into the wilderness. And you see that kind of here. You see hints of it here where she's confronted with this, like, shocking moment of violence and just has no fucking clue what to do. Yeah. And she was... um a liability of the I mean she she died in the wilderness because of that she just like really wasn't built for it so she couldn't make a good enough fire when she went outside technically speaking it's almost like the show Um, being like you know like Jackie isn't on the same level as these other girls like she's just not gonna make it same thing as like Ben in season two like it's like you gotta be you gotta be like a vicious animal or you're not gonna be yeah actually Yeah, I definitely think that's, uh, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a parallel, but there's a similarity there where it's like Ben not being able to stomach eating (laughs) Jackie, actually, Uh, (laughs) and not being able to stomach like Allie's fucked up broken leg. Wow. Yeah, think about that. Interesting similarity there. But yeah, there's definitely a feeling that like, if you cannot assimilate into the group, that's a lot of the show is like people who get cast out, they eventually have to assimilate into the group or they're just not going to survive. And then you have like Laura Lee, where it's like she didn't get to the point where she'd have to essentially have to do that. But I don't think she'd I don't think she'd be able to do it either. I think she wouldn't be on board with all the stuff they're doing in the wilderness. So it's honestly kind of good that she... Oh, that's that's interesting because I I might have a different take on that, but we can talk about that when Laura Lee dies. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get to more Laura Lee in the future. Um, she's not actually in this episode too much. I she like. she's like the butt of a few jokes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> she's the Christian girl, basically. right? Right. Taisa obviously feels bad about Allie. Like, I don't think we established that. It was not intentional. She didn't mean to do it. Everyone is making her feel really bad about it. She obviously feels bad. It's also kind of interesting because I don't think of Ty as being like a particularly violent character on the show, in the scheme of the show, like compared to several other characters. (laughs) Uh, Shauna, for example, or Misty. We don't actually see Taisa do that many violent things directly and I think especially in the second season we really see in particularly bad situations like her other self basically takes over for them like she doesn't remember eating Jackie because she didn't you know like she didn't take part in that or I personally think that her other self also took over when they were in the hunt but like I I don't think of Ty as being a particularly violent character in general and partly she retreats into this other self that almost takes care of really traumatic things for her in a way. You know, we find out eventually that her fuke self or whatever killed the dog, basically. But it's not like she doesn't generally do stuff like that. And I think that's really interesting because she seems like really shocked by this. Like she did not want to do that. So I wonder if that's like, this is like a starting point for her. Of Well, I don't know, maybe being traumatized by violence and not being able to deal with it or something. Yeah, or like a little bit kind of scared of what she's capable of in a way. Like she's just like, she doesn't realize that she did it until it happened. 
And then it's yeah. like, oh my god, I did that. And then she has to like grapple yeah, with that. For sure. It's a pretty yeah, constant I don't think, thing. Yeah. I think it's easy to like see this episode and think like, oh, she's she's terrible. Like she she did that. But I, I really don't think I don't think that's the case based on where she's going forward from this she doesn't become a particularly violent character no i mean no more no more than anyone else yeah for sure (laughs) i wrote down what if breaking ali's leg got the attention of the wilderness lol (laughs) not that i believe in wilderness but obviously the characters do and that's an important thing oh interesting i think it can be fun to think about like wilderness math like oh you know they did this and therefore the wilderness was like sure i'll I'll do that for you kind of thing but yeah i did write that down because i just i thought i would throw that out there on the other side of the country yeah it was like (laughs) hey hey guys i'm gonna crash your plane for that Ooh, violent teen girls i need you here love that <laughs> it's gonna make a great tv show the wilderness is actually us that's right and we're like hey can you guys actually hang out in the woods for a couple of years i want to see something <laughs> so we have callie's first appearance here what are your thoughts thoughts on callie i guess in this or in season one whatever initial thoughts when you first watch the show um i guess i don't know i i mean i feel like first season one at least I don't I don't know if I thought about Callie that much I think she's kind of what are what are your thoughts on Callie? I mean Do like you have thoughts on Callie? it seems that in season one everybody hated her like everybody yeah. was just like fuck Callie she's so annoying blah 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 and then oh, in season sure. two obviously everyone changed their minds but I never hated Callie I think it's yeah. it's mostly just because she's a teenage girl so I'm not ever gonna yeah, like she's just with that. she's just being a teenage girl i mean what do you like of course she's annoying she's a teenager i don't know like what do you want i don't particularly yeah. hate anything about her like she doesn't do anything that's like inexcusable i really like her in season two there's like yeah. some scenes in season one that are like really interesting with her but for the most part in season one i think she is just supposed to be like shauna's annoying teenage daughter who like doesn't get yeah. her mom yeah i agree with that and i think it's also just I mean, the way that people respond to Callie is like, I don't know, like this is the complicated violent teen girls show and people, I guess they didn't have any sympathy left for like one more teenage girl or something. Right. It's like, why does everyone hate Callie when we love everyone else? Yeah. And I I don't think she's like super interesting or anything in the first season. I do think that they, they go quite a ways to making her a lot more compelling in the second season but like there's nothing wrong she's just like a, a teenager like yeah she's yeah, literally like like she's dismissive and she's moody and it's like okay yeah i was also like that when i was a shitty teenager like it's right. not that weird guys and you know? it, like, she's also there to like serve shauna's character too right like yeah look at the relationship yeah. that she has with shauna it's not very good yeah <laughs> right maybe there's a reason behind that yeah <laughs> yeah um, you think also, she's yeah. wilderness, baby, because the math doesn't add up. Just That's right. And we knew that from the beginning. That. And people were like, oh, my God, is she the wilderness, baby? Yeah, she was born in the fucking wilderness. Right. Does she look like she's wilderness, baby? No, she's... I knew from the beginning because I was born in 96. And Callie's definitely not That's the same true. age as me. Because, so. because you are wilderness, baby. I'm so wilderness, like, baby, oh. actually. <laughs> Technically, I think Wilderness Baby is probably born in '97, but still. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. Like a few months. Like I was shoot you down. Listen, I was born like four days before '97, <laughs> so okay. I'm like a few months older than Wilderness Baby, probably. 
Now we're going to a party. Very fun. A lot of great iconic stuff happens at this party. But first, Shauna is getting dressed and Jackie is like pestering her because she wants she wants to set her up with Randy. And Shauna's oh like really against it. Again, the Randy Walsh running joke here. <laughs> For real. And I don't like, I guess like Jackie just wants to get Shauna with someone because like, I don't know. Like part of me is just like, you don't even like Jeff. So why do you care if Shauna's dating someone? Unless she's like suspicious of Jeff and Shauna, which I don't think she is. No, I don't think she is at this point. I don't think she will be until very pretty far into season one. Yeah. It is funny though that she tells her to wear the boob dress. Yeah. She's like, wear that, wear that boob dress. Like, oh, all right. She says to wear it and then Shauna's like, I don't want to, but then she wears it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She wears it. That's maybe, that's like classic Jackie Shauna dynamic is that Jackie's like, do this. And she's like, oh, I don't want it. And then she does it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Shauna. Yeah. The lady does protest too much. You know, homoerotic friendship does that to you. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to say that when I first started watching the show, obviously I knew that there were like lesbians in it because duh, like why else would I watch it? And I didn't know who they were. And I really, really thought that it was Jackie and Shauna. Like after just watching, before they introduced adult Ty, obviously, (laughs) I was just like, oh my God, Jackie and Shauna are gay. Like I really thought it was them, but it wasn't. They have some really (laughs) gay looks in the pilot. Yeah. I... You know, like some of the things that like Jackie does are like, I I feel like it lines up too well with like, she does not give a fuck about Jeff. Like she is so obsessed with Shauna throughout the series. Come on. You know, right. I think that's an understandable mistake to make. Like, well, I I did notice that I would say a lot of the looks between Shauna and Jackie and the way they're shot are very current Kasama Jennifer's body. Jennifer and Needy. Like I was like, they're basically Jennifer and Needy. Yeah, also very gay. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, come on. Yeah. One would say, uh, you know, explicitly gay, in my opinion. But, right. you know, that the the Jackie-Shauna relationship is a concept over season one. So I'm sure we'll talk more about it. For sure. (laughs) But for now, we'll just leave it at, why did Jackie tell her to wear the boob dress? Jackie, (laughs) what are you asking for here, really? (laughs) Why would you say that specifically? Was that for Randy Walsh? I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. Hmm. Anyway. Um, this party is really 90s. And I also just wanted to say that, like, there were characters in the background that were smoking weed out of an apple, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> I was talking to Fiona yesterday and I was like, oh, I used to smoke yeah. weed out of an apple when I was in high school. And she was like, what? Other people <laughs> did it, too. It was in Yellow Jackets. So there. <laughs> Uh, the Yellow Jackets did it. I mean, this is actually just proof that you're wilderness, baby. So <laughs> I'm literally, yeah. I'm actually a character in Yellow Jackets. Literally. Yep. Oh, yeah. I just put, I just have a note that, like, whenever the 90s scenes came on, it was just, like, so sad. And in my brain, I kept just being like, you guys are all doomed. Like, you're all <laughs> doomed by the narrative. And they mentioned going yeah. on the plane so many times, and they're, like, so happy about going to nationals and blah, blah, blah. And every time they mentioned mm-hmm. it, I'm just like, no. It's so ominous. It's, it's like, so no, sad. actually, you guys, you should have lost states. If Ali had lost states for you, that would have been doing you guys all a huge fucking favor. <laughs> <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had the show. So, you know. Yeah, good point. Good point. Then there's that, the fight, the iconic party fight scene of the pilot. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah, biggest showdowns so, in history. Absolutely. Created so many lesbians just because <laughs> of 
Tyrese's outfit. outfit in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh god. Um, what was I gonna say? Okay, so there's so much to I wrote say. down. I wrote down that Shauna is like staring staring at Jackie and Jeff, and this is what makes her want right. to pick a fight. It's I mean, like you can't tell if she's jealous of Jackie or jealous of Jeff or like what's going on. Or like both, right. maybe a question mark. Yeah, Shauna is an onion. There's so many layers to her. But yeah, that is actually the thing that makes her go and pick a fight with Ty for some reason. She's pissed. She's got to yep. let it out. And I just feel bad for Ty because everybody's like coming at her and she like yeah. feels bad shauna shauna calls her a sociopath and it's like not that i think that shauna is a sociopath but given where the show goes i'm like girl you you might want to calm down with that word <laughs> uh like love you babe but uh, it's just like so much character stuff like i love how van and lottie are kind of trying to like keep the peace like they're trying to like they're kind of like trying to break up the fight yeah <laughs> they're like guys yeah please stop yeah. And then Laura Lee comes in and she has no idea what's going on and everyone tells her to shut up. <laughs> Which is very funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Laura Lee. She's she's a funny bit of comic relief. Usually. She really she's is comic just, relief. Like, she just diffuses situations. Cause... And it's like, I also appreciate how they don't, like, I'm not a religious person at all, but I appreciate how they don't, like, make, make fun of her religion. You know? No, like, I agree. I agree with that. I like how the show in general like takes her seriously as a character, basically, and she's not she's not like would have been very easy to turn her into like a mean homophobic Christian, basically. Right. And that doesn't happen, and I I do like that in general, and just the fact that she's not she's not a villain or she's not necessarily a joke, but like she does have these funny moments where she kind of diffuses the situation right. by virtue of her character. I mean, she kind of is the most like level-headed out of everyone like she just wants everyone to get yeah. along yeah that's all yeah which is again another reason why she had to die because <laughs> she's <laughs> just too nice maybe yeah actually. it's true she is too nice yeah. this is also when Taisa yeah. tells Taisa says don't you have a bong to hit or a dick to suck to natalie <laughs> oh my god she's so mean <laughs> like holy shit that is so fucked up uh, why would you say that really like slut shaming too like come on now for girl. real like yeah. damn like who I mean, says that, is, that well i could see teenagers in the 90s saying that right but still right yeah yeah Taisa and Nat really get into it and then jackie comes in to break it up and she decides to like be really corny and try to get them to like all say nice things to each other <laughs> which starts off yeah. like so awkward and corny but then actually becomes like really sweet yeah, I actually really like that scene because I feel like one of the things about Jackie is that she could, I think she would be very easy to make into like kind of a mean girl archetype. And I don't feel like she's actually that mean. Like she's actually pretty nice in a lot of scenes. Like this is one of them really where she's just genuinely just saying nice things to all the girls. She doesn't pick on anybody. She's like complimenting everybody and it's actually really nice. And she's got and really genuine things. compliments too. Yeah. Like some of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's, you know, that's part of the tragedy of Jackie is that they don't set her up as somebody who like deserves to die cuz that would have, you know, they could have gone down that route, but they don't really. She dies because of the situation that they're in, but not she doesn't like deserve it. I think that's actually a recurrent theme in the in the show. Also, is that generally speaking, people who deserve to die do not, de or people who die don't deserve it. So, right, because honestly, yeah. none of anyway. them deserve it. No, exactly, and, and that's all... the whole point. Is that yeah. it's not about deserving, really. 
And also um, reminder that Van's full name is Vanessa because Jackie calls her Vanessa. And it's just like, what? <laughs> I just, I think I blocked that out because I didn't even notice it. Like, I just forget that, that that's where Van comes from. It doesn't Vanessa. sound like, real. What? It Who? doesn't sound real. Who? Like, yeah. <laughs> Who's Vanessa? Yeah, I don't know her. I know Van. <laughs> I know Van Palmer. She I'm runs sure. a video store called While You Were Streaming. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just like this podcast. Oh, shit. Great. Oh, my God. Did you guys get that that's why our podcast is called that? <laughs> crazy that's so crazy <laughs> yeah the, the five lesbians who listen to this podcast will <laughs> almost certainly get that a connection for sure for sure we were like what's like the gayest yellow jackets title we could come up with without being like obviously gay yep and i was like we'll just name it after van's video store i mean the people who need to know they will know they'll understand if you know you know exactly so that's how we like it um, I right. thought that Natalie's compliments to Lottie were so sweet. What did she yeah. say? She says, the- she says, you never talk shit about anyone unless they really deserve it, which is so nice. And then, and then she's like, also, I like your pilgrim hat because okay. she's tripping on LSD and is seeing a oh, pilgrim. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Thank you for explaining yeah. it because to this day, I have never understood okay. why she said that. I was like, what do you mean? No. What's a pilgrim hat? And that's why... Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't get that the first time I watched or probably the first several time I watched. I had thought that, that she didn't me, for several the, times I watched. I thought she didn't do the LSD until after, but that makes a lot of sense. No. No, I think she did it before. Let me check my notes. I mean they, Actually, they got I don't know if I took notes on that. They got But the yeah, I'm pretty before. sure she did it before. Yeah. Um That makes a because lot of sense first interaction between Lottie and Nat oh how exciting Uh, and also like yeah (laughs) this is a moment in history let's let's have a moment of silence for that um but yeah no it is a really cute scene actually uh and it's it's kind of funny because they don't actually they interact like one other time in this season yeah and it's in like doom coming and it's not a nice interaction either (laughs) not at Um, all and then season two happens and that's a whole nother story Mm -hmm. Um, we've really got to keep track of all the um homoerotic friendships on the show all the homoerotic friendships (laughs) which is basically everywhere yeah well that's the thing about this show too is like i don't know i feel like their relationships are so complicated and like fraught between everybody like the material is you could pick any pairing of them and i don't know misty and shauna maybe they'll have enough material you know by season five who knows yeah but yeah i I do i do really like that that we kind of just keep peeling back the peeling back the onions you know i'm just gonna keep using that onion metaphor peeling back the layers of the onion it's just onion and we just the show is just onions you know it's onions and yeah they're really acrid and they have a lot of layers basically so (laughs) no that is a really cute moment and that's that's a moment in history it really is and i'm sad that we didn't get to see lottie say something to nat back i I was thinking that as i'm watching the scene like some of them van told uh laura lee that her hair is really shiny which i thought was hilarious because it's like you know van doesn't have anything genuine to say to laura lee and then taisa and shauna make up which is nice like shauna tells like taisa's like you know i didn't mean to do that and shauna's like yeah i know crisis averted i guess 
I didn't actually, apparently I didn't actually write this down, but I thought there was something in this scene where like Ty said something and then like Van laughed at it. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, there was. Um, right? right, right okay, yeah, I'm not yeah. delusional. It's because Jackie's like presents her idea of like, oh, we're all going to go around and compliment each other. And they're all like laughing uh-huh. about it. And I think Thaisa's like, what is this Girl Scout camp or something? And Van laughs at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I what I wrote was I found it. It's Van is already whipped and laughing at Ty's jokes. They deaf hooked up pre crash. One hundred percent. So absolutely. according according to Liv Hewson, that's canon. Yeah, so, that's right. According but to Liv Hewson, they were playing funny. it like that. So yeah, I mean, we already got that. So we got the crumbs. We got the crumbs of a lot of homoerotic or just homosexual <laughs> friendships here. <laughs> Uh, so it's a very, very important scene. It is so, interesting yeah. that Thaisa and Van don't have anything in the pilot because it's obvious that they didn't, like, they didn't write them to initially be no. involved with each other. No. They just, like, kind of no, wrote to the so. actors. Which, I mean, you know, I actually, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's not. I appreciate know, it. In a way. Because I, yeah, I mean, it means that we got, like, good chemistry and right. you know we got to have a van living throughout the entire 1996 timeline yeah. also it's also interesting to um, think about that like if van had died originally there would be yeah. no gay stuff happening in the 96 timeline like oh can you imagine god i would not have <laughs> i mean i don't know if i would not have watched this show but come Ooh, on like it would have been really yeah even... i don't know if i would like can you imagine if the right. only explicit gay stuff in the show was like Taisa and simone that's not enough. Sorry. No, that wouldn't be enough. Like, how would you have a lesbian character but not write a romance for her in the 90s timeline? That's crazy. I, they would just have to make somebody else gay, which they should do anyway. I guess but so, whatever. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a, no, a really important wild. important scenes for lore on the relationships of Yellow Jackets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I would assume, this is what you were talking about earlier, where Nat is tripping and she sees a vision of Misty. Yeah, she sees a vision of Misty. And it's also like this scene is like intercut with the Antler Queen ritual, mm-hmm. which at the end of the oh episode, my God, I didn't even Misty realize. is the one who presents the meat in that ritual. Yeah. And it, Nat is the Antler crazy, Queen. Actually. Yes, Nat is the Antler Queen. Wow. So like, I feel like they have, so certain things like the purple stuff, I think the purple thing could have been a coincidence, but like, I feel like that had to be planned out. Like they had to have thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to have Misty in this episode. I have a lot more to say about Misty. I feel like I should talk about that next episode, actually. Yeah, she's um, more involved in next episode. For sure. Yeah. She's very involved in the next episode. But yeah, that was kind of crazy to me when I rewatched the pilot. And I'm like, oh, shit. Actually, yeah. Nat hallucinates Misty, which was always a weird moment in the pilot. Like, why the fuck does that happen? Right. And it's while she's looking across this bonfire. And it's also intercut with the Antler Queen ritual. And Nat is the Antler Queen. And like the person presenting me to the Antler Queen in this episode is Misty she's the only one that we see actually unmasked in that ritual so it's kind of wild to think about actually that's something that it's like it's definitely intentional there's no way that it's not intentional which is crazy to think that they plan that far ahead yeah that's also something like that's a pretty major thing that i think it would be hard to really be hard for that to not be intentional yeah that was that was exactly what i was talking about is that because that 
that really that's crazy when you watch that mm-hmm. after having seen all of season two and this is why it's it pays to rewatch the show yeah absolutely this is why we're doing the podcast right exactly because <laughs> you peel back so many layers of that damn onion <laughs> i hope you guys like onions because we're going to be talking about them a lot more <laughs> all right so jeff drives jackie and shauna home well i mean he drives jackie home and then he pulls over and yeah. has sex with Shauna. Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts on the the Jackie? Sorry, the Jeff Shauna sex. Beginning of the Jeff Shauna relationship. In well, the I, show. I mean, it's implied they've done it before. Yeah. So I did write something down from this scene, and that's it. Cuts from like Shauna fucking Jeff to killing a rabbit, mm-hmm. and like in the in the sort of symbolism of the show, like Jackie is associated with rabbits. I think that's kind of funny, but yeah, I no, I, I'm not sure. I have too many thoughts on this. It's kind of I don't know. I want to hear what you're. What do you think? I do think I it's it's thoughts. funny how she's like she's like if you come inside of me i'm gonna raise the baby and train it to kill you or whatever um so So, that's kind of funny yeah one of my friends was like one of my friends who i used who i watched season two with she was like yeah i have this deranged theory that you know that's gonna come true about wilderness baby because i I think a lot of people thought that yeah i think this is where wilderness baby is conceived is the implication or yeah it is the implication yeah i think it's supposed to be ironic (laughs) that shauna said that yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously, I don't know. I think sometimes people are like, oh, foreshadowing. That must mean that everything that everyone says in the show is definitely foreshadowing. And right. I don't think that's true. This is obviously like a total tossed off line or a red herring or whatever. Like clearly that did not happen to Wilderness Baby. I mean, it also God. it also tells you about Shauna's character, you know, like the fact that she yeah. said that to him, like that's pretty specific and violent, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like what a way to tell I was like, you tell him, Shauna, that's right. Yeah. Don't come inside of her, dude. Yeah, that's right stupid ass did anyways yeah i don't know i feel like i don't really have much to say about it either but it is interesting that to me it kind of seems like the more closer to to jackie that shauna is the more like like she just had like a really nice moment with jackie at the party and then she like goes mm-hmm. and has sex with jeff so it's yeah like, and also why does she ask jeff to tell her that he loves her like right we don't I guess maybe really she doesn't any in- feel loved. Like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't really get any indication that she particularly... We see her look at Jeff a couple of times, but we don't necessarily get an indication like, oh, she's super in love with Jeff. Yeah. I don't think that was ever the case for no, her. No, I don't think so. You know, I think, I mean, I think they eventually do love each other as adults mm-hmm. when they're married. But like, when we're talking about teen timeline, Jeff... Yeah, Shauna, maybe Shauna knows that that Jackie and Jeff don't love each other. And so she's like, oh, oh. like, I don't know. Like, if you're telling me you okay. love me, then I feel like I have this thing that Jackie doesn't have. Right. I don't know. She Maybe has some power her over her. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind yeah. of all I can think of. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is one of those things, though, that is kind of funny to look back on. Like, this is where Wilderness Baby started. And also really, like, the whole crux of, like, Jackie and Shauna's arguments, which really were never, honestly, never about Jeff. It was entirely about Shauna from Jackie's perspective. Like, I don't think she honestly cared. It wasn't that it was, like, Jeff. It was that it was Shauna was the whole problem with this. And so once this happens, then we're like, okay, now 
every scene that we see going forward with Shauna in it, and especially with Shauna and Jackie, again, she has that like Catholic guilt on her face all the time, um, <laughs> where it's like she's just carrying this weight, you know, of knowing that she fucked Jackie's boyfriend or whatever. And that that really underlines like literally all of their interactions going forward in the rest of the show. Yeah. Everything that Jeff does is about Shauna and Jackie's relationship. The male characters in the show in general, aside from, I think, Ben, basically Mm -hmm. are just supporting characters to the women's storylines. Which is why it's so great. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. A fun thing to watch is to, I don't know, try and pay attention to whether the show ever passes the reverse Bechdel test, which is a made up thing. But like, (laughs) do two men ever have a conversation Mm. about a topic other than a woman? And it does pass. I think only in the Ben and Paul scenes, because I don't think wow. there's any other. That's like, perfect. I mean, we can watch it going forward, but I, I think every other situation in this. Sh- so basically, the only time it passes is when two gay men are on the screen, basically, and one of wow. them is imaginary. But like when Ben, this is getting off topic for this episode. It's okay. <laughs> I can bring it up again. But like when Ben and Travis have a conversation, it's about Natalie. Mm-hmm. When, I don't know. Walter and Randy have a conversation. It's also about Natalie, or really, it's about Misty. Right. When Jeff and Kevin talk, it's about Shauna. Yeah, it's about Shauna. It's like the male characters revolve entirely around the women on this show. And I think that's really funny and great. Um, Where else are you getting that? Nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Literally nowhere. There's no other TV show that's giving us that. So, yeah, think about that Um, before you insult everything about the show. people that's right that's right and also twitter yeah really people Um, everywhere yeah that's the other purpose of our podcast is we're gonna defend the tv show no i'm just kidding uh obviously we really enjoy this show which is why we started a podcast obviously it's not free of criticism either like we're not saying it's perfect no by any means no i'll definitely have things to criticize going forward don't get me wrong but right you know we love the show we should have just yeah. named the podcast The Reverse Bechdel Test. Yeah, that would have been... But I think that would have been more obscure, actually. <laughs> Way more obscure. Um, but I do like to think about that. So that's how I feel about Jeff, is that he exists. He revolves around Shauna, really. He's an accessory to Shauna's storyline. Agreed. So. We've got Shauna. In the current timeline, Shauna calls Taisa. We don't really know it's Taisa yet, but we find out that it's Taisa. And it's to like warn her about the reporter. Which she has like a little burner phone. She's got like a safe in her closet with a burner phone and journals. Oh, and I just wanted to say that we have this like little montage of everyone before they get on the plane. Such a fucking good scene. It's like art to me. Yeah. I love the song. Yeah. It's so well done. It's the best needle drop of the episode, in my opinion. Yep. It's so yeah. good. We see everyone too. We see Laura Lee. We see Van. Well, we don't see Mari and Akila, but you know, we see we see all those like six main girls. We do. Missy's watching the rat floating around. Yeah. uh, I, yeah, I think that that scene is really interesting. One thing to note about Natalie, and again, how would they even have planned this out? But she's actually wearing purple when you look at her. Oh, yeah. She's she's wearing that like striped. Yeah. She's wearing purple, which is like. We're just going to clock every time now. I don't know if that's intentional, but like, it's so crazy. Like, why is she, why is she wearing purple in the pilot? Anyway. To be fair, it's not heliotrope though. It's like a darker purple. Well, (laughs) well, excuse me, Lottie. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't know it wasn't heliotrope. (laughs) Yeah, no. So Natalie's wearing 
purple. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, do we we see hints of Natalie having a shitty home life, which the show will definitely get. Yeah, she lives later. in a, a mobile home, like a trailer. Yeah, trailer. She's trailer trash. I was a trailer trash as a child too, but not in an abusive way. So uh, you gotta embrace it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Oh, I also <laughs> wanted to say, yeah, we see Van with her mom, like waking her mom up, which yep. makes me really sad. We do. It's important. Yeah. Though. It is important because there is a Van's mom mentioned later on in season two as well. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of I do hope that we get more backstory on Van at some point. Yeah, um, agreed. I mean, we got that. We got a Laura Lee backstory episode, so I feel like we should. We really are overdue for a Van backstory yeah, episode. That's a good point. I mean, I don't know, you know if they're going to also... do that. They didn't really format it like that in season two, though you know no they didn't yeah so but who knows who knows yeah we could see what because what's happen they did the one it. thing in the first episode of season two where they showed them getting rescued and then they never showed it again so you know they could do whatever yeah. we might not but i would like to see more of that from her but yeah so we do see van waking up her shitty mom so we see like van and van and nat have kind of shitty home lives that we see yeah i, I feel like um, they get along they should be friends they should be friends. Like, why are Van Let's... and Matt closer? Yeah, let me go at Ashley Lyle on Twitter. <laughs> why are Van and Matt not besties? Like, they don't have any scenes to together. Bond over. Yeah, they don't have no, any like, scenes which together. Which is weird. We got three more seasons to go, so, like, come on, guys. True, fair. Give us that. So, Van and Nat have shitty home lives. Lottie also has a shitty home life in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Lottie scene is really interesting because, uh, I mean, when I first watched it, I wasn't, like, pausing the show to see what kind of drug she was taking. But apparently it's an antipsychotic, which is used to treat schizophrenia. So that's established right away. Yeah. She has schizophrenia. That's basically the first thing that we learn about her is she's rich and she has schizophrenia. So we love consistency, I guess. She continues to be both of those <laughs> things throughout the show. She sure so, does. Crazy um, how that works. Thaisa's yeah. parents seem so chill and nice. And it really makes you wonder no. why Thaisa is the way that she is. Kind of such a contrast everybody else's scenes. Yeah. I mean, we don't really see Misty's home life. We just see her watching a rat swim around in a pool and it kind of looks like it's going to drown, maybe, question mark. But yeah, like, Thaisa has nice parents and a healthy home life. Her it's dad like, tells oh, her, oh, okay. her dad is like, remember, the most important thing is having fun. Like, <laughs> oh, this is the same girl that literally just broke a girl's leg because they weren't winning? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? But also... Also, they're going to have the exact opposite of fun for the next oh 19 months of their lives. Wait, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I would like to know I more mean, about their parents, all of their parents. Like, they never talk about them. Yeah, I think parents and, like, if anybody has siblings. Siblings, yeah. Uh, other other than Akila, Akila has a sister right. and a nephew. And Travis and that, Poppy but, like, are siblings, but... Yeah, I forgot about that. All of them can't be only children. No, that would be surprising for that time period. Like, if it were now, if they were crashing the plane now, that would be different. But, like, in the 90s, I mean, I had siblings. You had siblings. <laughs> I, I have siblings. Sibling. Yeah, <laughs> you have siblings. <laughs> I have sibling also. But, yeah, was, multiple children was pretty common so i feel like there's probably more to be explored there but then again this that's one of those things where it's like the show is like so so packed with stuff already sometimes i think about stuff like that and then i'm like well when would they have the fucking time to talk about yeah somebody's sister but yeah 
I would like to know more about all of their home lives. That would be really interesting. Yeah, Travis and Javi are there. They're getting in the car. They are. Important. Travis's mom hates his dad. Yeah, that seems pretty clear. Poor Travis's mom. I mean, like, oh my god, she lost her entire like, fucking family. Jesus Christ! Oh. Except, except for Travis, yeah. But he then died later. But still, yeah. Then he died later, and under I guess we can say mysterious circumstances, but basically a suicide. As yeah. far as she knows, yeah. That's kind of crazy to think about. That poor woman. Poor Travis's mom. We see her for like two seconds, but yeah, she's got a really <laughs> tragic a, fucking life. She did a lot with that facial expression. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, gross. <laughs> Do not kiss me. <laughs> you know, it kind of makes me think like, okay, well, whatever. I don't care that Coach Martinez died. Right. I care I care about how it affects Travis and Javi, but like, right. I don't really yeah. care about it beyond that. It's interesting in how it affects the show going forward. And also the fact that Coach Martinez is the one who gives Shauna the oxygen mask. And then Travis oh, is like, yeah. oh, yeah, he fell out of the plane because he was giving some idiot a sh- an oxygen mask. Mm, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, speaking of the plane, we're on a private plane because that's the only way that Lottie's dad knows how to parent. He paid for the yeah. plane. Um, Once again, Lottie is rich as fuck. She's rich as and fuck. also her parents are kind of... Assholes. Yeah, or, it, it seems like especially her dad kind of sucks. Yeah. Her mom seems kind of yeah. cool, but yeah, it seems like I think a bit of her mom is marriage. So sort of trying to stand up to him, which you know what? I guess that kind of goes. I mean, that's pretty much in line with what we see of the male father figures on the show, or at least in the '96 timeline. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I love this little interaction between Akila and Mari. Yeah, I love their friendship. It's so funny the fact that we actually meet them in the pilot and they have a little like a cute little scene together yeah they're kind of like a little duo yeah. not not as much yeah in they're season often two, in but scenes together in season one they're but a still a little bit in season two i like them they definitely have some yeah i like them a lot i don't too. hate any of them not a mari way. hater i don't hate mari no yet. i think the mari haters it's a little weird to me it's like, a it's why? another cali situation it's like she's a teenage yeah. girl give her a break why are you watching why are you watching this show if you hate any of the frankly any of the women characters but like any of the teenage girls like it's about i don't know anyway yeah <laughs> i don't have any problem with mari and i love akila obviously yeah, akila's yeah. great i kind of yeah. was missing the actress from season one but i love the actress in season yeah. two as well it just took me a while to like get used to her yeah it was different but i really liked her as well i think so. it was just because i knew the actress from season one from like i'd seen her in other stuff so i felt like attached oh, to her that's interesting but i don't know if i recognized her from she anything. was in a few episodes of batwoman i think that's what i saw okay. her in don't know what that is but you, you <laughs> batwoman you, you don't really... know what batwoman is Yes, I know who Batwoman is. Oh my god. I was going to say, damn. This is very embarrassing. Let me strike that from the record. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't know that she was on that. Didn't really watch that show. But I know it exists. That's fine. That's all you need to know. I'll, I'll be here to inform you of any actors. Because this show shoots in Vancouver, which means that it has a lot of actors that are on CW shows. Yeah. So the plane, if you like listen... Jackie and Shauna are having a conversation, but if you listen, you can hear the pilot over the loudspeaker, and he's saying that they're going to try to avoid a storm by flying through the Canadian Rockies. Oh, and Jesus. it's just like, oh, I, they were originally going to Seattle. And the Canadian Rockies are, like, really out of the way. <laughs> they're not in between New Jersey and Seattle, so they, I think flights are 
often not super direct, but yeah, they were definitely flying way out of the fucking way. Good job, pilot. Yeah. Thanks, dude. He got his comeuppance. Did he deserve to die? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But yeah. Spoiler alert for episode two. (laughs) The pilot dies. I didn't notice that this time watching. So thank you for pointing that out. You're welcome. I just have a note that says (laughs) that damn necklace. You know what? Yeah, I also wrote down a note about the necklace. I actually, I had a note about it during the pit girl scene because it does show up there. And this is... I think the third time we see it in the episode, the other time is Jackie's like touching the heart necklace uh, when she's like looking at herself in the mirror after she. Uh, oh, the <laughs> sorry. I kind of zoned out during that scene, so I didn't so notice. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry to bring that up again. Uh, but yeah. And I don't know. She couldn't possibly have been thinking about Jeff during that scene. No. So that's another well, they really weird, like what is Jackie doing? Yeah, they really try to tease you because you see the necklace on Pit Girl and then you're like, oh, Jackie's wearing it, so she must be Pit Girl. Oh, but now she's giving it to Shauna. Oh my god, but we know Shauna's alive, you know? Yeah, Shauna's not Pit Girl. Shauna can't be Pit Girl, so you're really wondering about that necklace. I do think it's like, you know, it's like, um, I guess this is where it it gets established. Like, Jackie gives Shauna the heart necklace, right? So it's and she's doing this to try and comfort her because she's, I guess she thinks Shauna's weirded out by being on a plane. And Shauna's also probably weirded out by... Yeah, she gives yeah. her drugs. I forget what she gets. Like her. the night before, like, having sex with Jeff. And so she now <laughs> has this knowledge of what she's done to her, hanging over all of their conversations. And yeah, yeah, she gives, so she gives her the heart necklace, which is like, this is the point where it's established, like, okay, this is like a symbol of like love and protection, right? The passing of the heart necklace. Don't know. Maybe that's going to become important later. Who knows? We do because we've seen the show. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Yeah. Perhaps so, it's just something yeah. that gets dropped, you know? Right. They never bring it up right. again. Yeah. Um, honestly, they love bringing things up again on the show. But yeah. <laughs> as much as people might think they don't love to bring things up again. Yeah. We do. Wild. They bring up God everything. Um, but yeah, and then also the Valium. I think so we don't actually get a like a vision of Jackie's home life at any point during this episode, but we do kind of get the implication that her mom sucks. Definitely. And also her mom is on Valium. <laughs> we get our, our first hints of Mrs. Taylor, and then we eventually get to meet her uh in a very memorable scene in a, another later episode. And she gets talked about in season two as well. Does she? Yes. Um, Van and Ty talk about her because she was at oh, Shauna's fuck, that's wedding. Right. And I think a lot of people forget about that because they're like, How could I forget? Yeah, they're like, oh, Mrs. Taylor did this. But I think people forget that she was actually talking about Jackie's mom. Yeah, because that, that was at Shauna and Jeff's wedding. Yes. Of course, Jackie's weirdo mom would be at Shauna and Jeff's wedding. <laughs> of course she would. Why wouldn't oh she? God. One of my favorite scenes of the episode, the diner with Taisa and Shauna. They have yeah, met up. that would be your that would be your favorite. Listen, the episode. I love them. I know. <laughs> I just love how they are like really close and like have remained close since the wilderness. It's beautiful. Yeah, to and me. you can tell that like they're kind of trying to hide it, but then like Shauna like just holds Ty's hand. And yeah, Tessa, don't. She kind of looks at it, but it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Ty was probably like so happy that Shauna came to her about Jessica Roberts because Ty Issa hired at Jessica Roberts. Yes. And Shauna's like just, mad I mean, because she thinks it's because of Ty. She's like, oh, you're out in the public right. eye. 
And it is because of time, <laughs> but not for the reasons that she thinks. Right. That's one of the interesting like scenes with a little bit of dramatic irony in it where, I mean, we actually don't know yet at this point. I think we find out pretty soon in the next couple episodes that Ty has hired Jessica Roberts, you know, but that's one of those things where we have this a little bit of dramatic irony because we understand that Ty is the one who's instigating all of this and Shauna just thinks that it's because of her, but not like directly because of her. Not like it's literally her actually doing this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things throughout the first two seasons that are going to start basically like these little secrets and lies that the adult Yellow Jackets tell each other. And they really start layering up. <laughs> and uh, you have to keep remembering they... that it's only been like two weeks. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy. Insane. And then it all blows up eventually. So this is, I think, one of the first ones, because this is like the first scene where we see two of the adults interact with each other. Yes, it? which is interesting because I kind of thought it was Natalie and Misty, but it's actually not. It's Ty and Shauna. No. And Shauna also says that like she asks Ty if there's been any sign of the others. I'm assuming the others is just Van and Misty, right? Because they don't know about Lottie and they already talked about well, that. Unless there's they- more people we don't know about. Right. But all they seem to know about Lottie is that she got locked up in a mental institution. And then apparently they all assumed that she was just there for the rest of her life. Right, which was so stupid. Yeah. Like, why would she still be there? You guys, guys, like, never checked in on her? Like, really? Come on. That's fucked up. But I feel like it wouldn't be about Misty, though. Because the thing is, like, they don't actually want to stay in any kind of touch with Misty. They don't care about what Misty's doing. Oh, yeah, Travis is possible. So I think maybe Van and Travis, because remember Travis changed his name and Van fucked off to Ohio, I guess. (laughs) You know, there was no adult Van in existence when they wrote the episode. But yeah, the character. No, definitely not. But I think they wanted to keep it open. Like, I think that they wrote that specifically because they're like, well, we don't want, we want to keep it open as far as how many people are alive. Yeah. But they were, I'm sure they were referring to Travis at least. Yeah, definitely. The others could literally Um, just be anyone. Yeah. I mean, it works now that we know that Van lived. So in retrospect, that kind of works. So that's interesting. That's really interesting that Ty and Shauna are the first two to interact. They Uh, kind of set it up in this episode that Ty and Shauna and then Misty and Nat are kind of like the more prominent relationships of the adults. But I guess Natalie's only going to find Misty now. They clearly haven't been in touch. No. It kind of seems like, yeah, we did talk about this a little bit earlier. But yeah, Ty, Ty and Shauna for sure. Ty and Nat for sure. We don't know that Ty's paying for yeah. his rehab, but we know that. Like, we know, but, but we, we didn't, didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> the general sense that I got is that, like, none of them actually want to talk to Misty. <laughs> Not that they don't know where she is, because clearly she's basically a yellow jackets like fangirl except she's also (laughs) one of them okay i'll talk about that more in the next i'm trying not to talk too much about misty because i have a lot to say right and it's more appropriate for episode two it's kind of interesting that so many of them still live in new jersey though yeah why like misty nat ty and shauna also the fact that nat's rehab is in la like and it looks really yeah like that must be an expensive rehab yeah she paid for some nice treatment yeah 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 she's she's really the sugar mama of the group (laughs) she she really is and she offers to be 
She's like, yeah, yeah I got Matt it. is like, oh, I need to, I need to call my lesbian sugar mama to just bail me out of jail <laughs> <laughs> or to, or to get me into rehab or whatever. Like, okay. All right. I thought Love it that. was funny that, so like Nat goes to the storage unit to get her car and she's like talking to like the manager and she says, she says, I think it might be good to reconnect with some old friends. And then there's a flashback <laughs> to them cannibalizing each other. There's yeah. a flashback to everyone yeah. eating human I, flesh. I like that too. I, I noted that too. <laughs> wow. Great minds. Nothing to connect you with your old friends like cannibalism, you know? Yeah. Like the days that you used to eat each other in the woods. <laughs> you know? You just can't escape it. And yeah. yeah, like you said, Misty's barely in this episode, but she does appear at the end. And I did want to note that I noticed that the colors on her scrubs were the trans flag colors. <laughs> Which is like totally coincidental. I just thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll find something out and then we'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe Misty was wearing, you know, in like season four. That's hilarious. Oh my God, she transitions. Oh my God. Probably a coincidence, but. Yeah, it was just fun. observation. You know, it's happy Pride Month, guys. That's right. And this is a podcast hosted by two lesbians about yellow jackets so which has a know. lot of lesbians i would say and a lot of trans people in the cast a lot of queer people in general just everywhere all just over the show gay people everywhere yeah. homoerotic friendships <laughs> speaking of ty and shauna homoerotic friendships <laughs> i had another note about misty gloria is also the woman that misty cremates oh fuck i didn't realize yeah, so once again, like when I say that this show likes to bring shit back, it likes to bring the most random shit back sometimes too. Gloria comes back. Well, she dies, but yeah, this woman that Misty is not very nice to. Although, so like we see her working in a nursing home. We don't really know the, the implications behind that yet. Potential elder abuse allegations, you know. Or also the fact that like apparently she stayed in the same career field of nursing after right. the wilderness because she's she loved it. She wants to take care of, her of life. people. Or no, she wants yeah, people to yeah. eat her more, I think is more what it really yeah, is. I absolutely agree with that. And then she like I don't know if love is the right word, but like loves them to death. Really interesting character. There's a lot to say about Misty. We'll wait for episode I'm, two. I'm trying so hard. That's all I really wrote about Misty was that Gloria is the woman that Misty cremates in episode ten. That is very good or, to know. The woman that she cremates Adam's head and hands with and is abusive towards. Cool. We and love she's it. She's like, don't fuck with me. And then it cuts to, I think that scene cuts to Misty taking her mask off during the ritual. Yes. Basically. It cuts to so. cannibalism. And then we're like, oh, Misty's fucked up. For real. That's when you realize <laughs> that Misty's the most fucked up, probably. Yeah. You realize that, oh, she's not just the equipment manager. Okay. Right. This, this character who's been totally peripheral so far in the show is actually kind of important and also survives. Whenever we get a survivor reveal, that's immediately makes that person scenes more interesting because then it's like, okay, so this person is someone who actually makes it all the way through. It's also interesting with like, Travis and now Natalie too because now you know they die as adults but we still have the entire previous yeah. life of them being alive. That's right. They're going to make it all the way through the wilderness. They sure for are. Sure. Yeah. We're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> I mean what? I love their relationship. 
Uh, they're um, definitely better in season two, but I guess we'll get to that in season one. I forgot all yeah, about we'll that. that. I forgot that we're going to have to talk about yeah. Travis and Natalie. Oh, we're going to have to go through every one of their scenes. Oh, no. We'll have some interesting things to say about it because there is actually some interesting I do stuff think to say from, oh. from a new perspective, yeah, it'll be better to watch their scenes. Yeah. I just wanted fine. to say that, like, the cannibalism stuff, it's so easy to see how they got there after seeing season two. It yeah. seems like we're almost at that point. We're almost there. Yeah, please. They're already cannibalizing each other. It just hasn't gotten to the extreme ritualistic part yet. I agree with that. I do have a lot more to say on that. That's probably better to talk about later. But yeah, that is really interesting to think about because I wasn't sure going into season two, I, I wouldn't have said that I would have expected to get to that far of a point. Same. But I also do think that I can see the logical progression now for how they sort of get in that direction. And I also think season two does a lot of legwork towards the ritualistic aspect of it specifically, just not necessarily in this particular context, but they really build up mm-hmm. the wilderness. Oh, we've got to please the wilderness and whatever. And we've got to do these things. That's why they're doing reason. it. Yeah. You could see exactly. how they get there. Yeah. From breathing exercises. <laughs> Right. You know, Lottie and her breathing exercises. Shauna's reading her. How often do you think Shauna reads her journals? Or do you think we just, you know, this is like a once in Honestly, every blue moon thing? Actually, I do think that's kind of interesting. I don't think she would reread them very often. Same. Uh, we also know now that Jeff read them. Which is yeah. a, which is a huge piece of information to know. It's a huge piece of information. So we see Shauna reading her journals. Really, this is the first time that we see the journals. And obviously, those are they're going to be important going forward. I do think it's interesting. She reads the journals and then like it cuts to her on the plane. Everything's going wrong. Everything's the plane is crashing. She looks out the window and then the episode ends. I don't normally think of the teen timeline as being a flashback, but in that particular scene it kind of looks like it's framed as a flash like she's having a flash because she's reading the journals and she's flashing back to this time yeah and i'm going to connect that to something earlier in the week i was reading an interview with karen kusama legend who directed this episode and it was about yellow jackets i think it was probably done during season one she talked about directing the pilot and she mentioned she envisions it as a war story and I was thinking about that, like, what does she mean by that? I do think it kind of makes sense, actually, rewatching this pilot. The whole adult timeline, if you think about it as, like, the teen timeline is this horrible traumatic experience happens to them. And then the adult timeline is them trying to deal with the aftermath of it or, you know, not dealing with the aftermath of it, whatever. It's like they don't necessarily state it in the show, but clearly they all have PTSD of some sort or another, right? Well, yeah. Like, clearly they're all deeply traumatized by this experience. So it was kind of interesting. It's like they're telling telling a this story that's it's like they came back from war but it's also like a it's not war but it's something very traumatizing and heavy and terrible i was thinking about that as i watched that scene because i was like oh this actually does look like she's flashing back to it because she looks upset shauna is clearly upset when she's reading these journals thought that was an interesting framing and i would not have thought of that had i not read that interview but i did so that's what I wanted to say about that. That is interesting, especially when you think about how in season two, as adults, they talk about how they don't remember everything. And it's yeah. like, I would imagine, I mean, Shauna basically sh- says she doesn't think about it. She avoids thinking yep. about it as much as she can. So yeah. I would imagine when she's yeah. reading the journals, obviously it would be a flashback. Like she'd be thinking about it mm-hmm. in a time where she normally doesn't think about it. She like chooses to block yeah. it all out if she can. 
exactly which i would do too i mean van absolutely <laughs> van is like misty how fucking dare you try and talk about this right i mean i don't think that's necessarily a good thing because generally blocking stuff out is bad but i think it's really realistic actually i mean it's, I think really, it's really realistic. realistic i mean it would be good As for them to talk about like... it with each other but <laughs> yeah i mean they're gonna hopefully have to get to that point at some point eventually but yeah i thought that was a really interesting scene because to me a big thing about yellow jackets and like the way that i view it is it's about trauma basically it's about these traumatized women and how they essentially how they don't deal with things and how that has really negative effects but also just exploring like the implications that this horrible thing had on their lives and stuff like that. That's definitely what, I mean, that's what the show is to me. I mean, amongst other things, but that's like the overall theme of the show for sure. (laughs) You're like also lesbians. And you know, cannibalism and like. And cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, forest, like mystical forest shit or whatever. I do think it's really interesting. I mean, I guess this doesn't necessarily have to do with this particular episode, but I think it's interesting that it's a portrayal of women with basically PTSD and like some deep trauma, but it's not sexual assault. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I think that's that's so rare. That's actually extremely rare. Typically, when you see women with trauma, it's sexual assault or it's like domestic violence. I mean, there's a little bit of domestic violence in some of their backstories, but that's not the focus. The trauma is cannibalism, basically, which is it's almost fantastical, the particular thing. Like, it's such an extreme situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that they deal with it is very, it's very resonant to actual trauma, like how people actually deal with trauma and process it or don't process it. It's also the fact that they are kind of the reason for their, like, they're the ones who did these horrible things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm the reason for my trauma. Not for all of it, obviously, but... You know, but it like makes it does had a whole layer to it. I mean, they didn't have a choice in a way, but then also sometimes it's like, well, we couldn't choose it, but we also have some responsibility for it, even if we didn't necessarily like there's they walk a very careful line, I think, on the show. That's really interesting, especially when it comes to like deaths and stuff, like how much responsibility do the characters have? How much responsibility do they feel that they have? Right. Even if they had to do it and you can like see why they would have to do it, they still did it. Yeah. Like it might not yeah. matter. It doesn't yeah. matter to you if you had to do it. It's still something that you went through. Right, exactly. And like you said, the episode ends with uh, the plane crashing, but it doesn't crash. I mean, you really just see it going down and yeah. John's looking out the window. They really leave you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> they do. Like I immediately like... wanted to watch the next episode when I first watched. And I think I was kind of annoyed because I, I couldn't. It can't believe that they did not air those two episodes together. That's crazy. I mean, that's a way to get people to You're like, okay, where's the rest of it? Too true. Fair. Yeah, literally, it's like, where's the rest? Because you know that the plane crashes, and then you don't see the plane Mm -hmm. crash, and you're like, what? Yeah. Oh, another thing that I, before I forget to bring it up, there's that wide shot when the camera pulls back uh, from the Antler Queen ritual, and you see that wide shot, and you see the broken up plane in it, and they're kind of, they're kind of near the plane, which could be relevant. Who knows? I mean, so the cabin burns down right so they're going to need shelter at some point after season two when i was watching this i was thinking about like the whole ritual happens outside we do not see a single hint of anything indoors because i mean at this point now that we've seen season two we know that they don't have a cabin during the second winter but that's interesting because i didn't think about that you know the first couple of times that i watched yeah me either i thought they just like went over there because that's where they did their little ritual you know or thought or i thought maybe there was like a group that had split off and they set up their own camp or whatever which could still be the case yeah and i'm sure we'll have more on that 
eventually, but kind of crazy to think that actually they were outside maybe because also because they had no choice. I mean, we'll see eventually where they decide to set up shelter. So that was kind of interesting. I would imagine they go back to the plane. I mean, that's where they were originally. So I could see it. Until, unless they find, I mean, I would assume. Unless they find Ben. And yeah, I was thinking about that too. Hole, but then yeah. why would they be, yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. Because why would they be up there by the plane if they found Ben? I don't Great. know. That's a good it's question. Maybe maybe Ben's alive. What if Ben's been living in there so, for someone, said, yeah, someone said that. <laughs> what if he's still down there? Oh my there? God. I would be really annoyed by that. That would be ridiculous. That would be like one of those. That would be one of those soap opera twists. It would, like, yeah, uh, it'd be like jumping the shark for sure. That would kind of piss me off, actually. Yeah. I mean, I know some people on Reddit would be really happy about it, but that would <laughs> piss me off knowing that they would be happy about it. Like if Adam Martin turned out to be Javi or if anyone turned out to be Wilderness Baby, right. I would have been pissed off. Uh, I'm not really into those outlandish theories. Like It kind of seems like people just want to try to think of the most ridiculous, convoluted thing they could come up with and be like, this is my yeah. theory. And, it's like, but and then they, they get like, disappointed when that doesn't happen right. on the show and it's like the show is not it has not had any like wild insane crazy twists i don't know where people think this is coming from yeah like, like some people want it to be a soap opera basically yeah which yeah, i would argue I that know. a lot of stuff that happens in season one is very soap opera with the teen drama and whatnot <laughs> Like the Natalie and Shana <laughs> stuff and the Shauna and Adam stuff. And, right. You know, Shauna thinking Jeff is having an affair and blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's going to come up next episode. I don't think the show is generally interested in having, in pulling the rug out from under you with a wild, crazy plot twist. I'm kind of anyway. of the opinion that it's not a bad thing if you can predict what's going to happen because, you know, yeah. that means that it's well written. You were able to like foretell they plotted it. things out and they gave you hints and they laid these things out and they're not coming out of nowhere. That's a good thing. Generally, I think that's good writing. That's how it should be. I wouldn't even say the show is necessarily like predictable. I think what happens is that people overanalyze it to such a degree that like some of the predictions are going to come true. Like I saw so many predictions for what was going to happen in the finale, and some of them were true, but a lot of them also were not true. So I wouldn't necessarily even say that it's like predictable, but like definitely they don't just come up with things out of nowhere. Right. And I think that's a good thing. Well, but it, then it's like, if you predict every possible outcome, then of course one of them is going to be right. Yeah, as exactly. Well. So you can't, you can't yeah. claim that it's not shocking yeah. if you predicted, if you thought of everything. Yeah. Well, it's like that when people were doing like bingo boards, it's like, here's what I think is going to happen in the finale. I just put a bunch of crazy, ridiculous shit on my bingo board. Cause I, I thought it was I a really funny yours. idea. <laughs> I did guess that Ben burned down the cabin, by the way, but I also put oh. like Travis burns down the cabin and somebody else burns down because I was like I knew the cabin was gonna burn because someone on Twitter figured it out or something but I didn't know that it was gonna be bad yeah I think it was because somebody somebody in an interview mentioned like there's a radical change for the Yellow Jackets in the last five minutes of the episode and then people were (laughs) like well what could that possibly mean oh the cabin's gonna burn down Oh, I had that actually like, makes a lot of behind sense. the scenes pictures leaked or something like that. But you can oh, be right okay, too. Okay. I don't know. I really don't yeah, know. Okay. But I just know that Twitter was talking about how the cabin was gonna burn down, and I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I kept seeing that. And so I was like, all right, somebody's going to burn the cabin down. So let me just guess. Who could it be? <laughs> Who could be pissed character. off enough in the finale? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely guessed at least Travis and Ben. And one of them was right. So there you go. Wow. You just predicted the whole show. Nostradamus. So yeah, that leads us into episode two, which again, I think is kind of like 
part it's like really a part two of episode one but we're not going to be talking about that right now because we've already talked forever about episode one people are probably going to be like how did you talk for so long about one episode i don't know (laughs) we have a lot to say yeah buckle up for the entire rest of this podcast as we over talk about every episode probably i don't know i do think that i mean the pilot is really important right it's, yeah that's it true it's appropriate that we so spend a lot of sense. time on the pilot for sure yeah that's my excuse we'll be back probably next week sometime in the near future to talk about episode two on some kind of timeline that we actually haven't decided yet because we are a very professional podcast we're super professional we're going to have so many fans who are going to be wondering where the fuck the next episode is. And hopefully the audio is not fucked up in this episode. Although I have my doubts about my stupid microphone. But You know what? If the audio is fucked up, we're not professionals, okay? We don't have professional That's microphones. Right. So you can't be mad at us. We're doing this for free. If you want better audio quality, you can give us money. And we'll go buy oh, better microphones, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just how pa- it's going to be. Patreon plug. Patreon plug, by the Our way. Our non-existent. Actually, just non-existent Patreon. Yeah. Let me just put up my Venmo. Or you can send money to Emily. But definitely me, (laughs) also. (laughs) Definitely. Final thoughts? Uh, I have none. I feel like I've talked so much, actually. Same. I hope that some of it was coherent. Can't guarantee that. I hope people like what we had to say. I'm sure they will. All five of them. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Is your mom going to be listening to this? Mm, Probably not. Unless she finds out about it. Oh.